managed, reduced society. And they, they pretty well tell you every, every single part of it. I can remember watching so-called experts from Israel talking to the U.S. Uh, governmental officials on a program on television back in the 80s. Did the same thing at the same time in Britain from Israel because they were the world's experts on terrorism and air, airline traffic and ways of searching and monitoring people and all the rest of it. So they, tell, they told us then that in the future, because the, the way of war was changing, that would be the way of the future. And we're simply living through it right now. Back with more after this break. Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix just mentioning how really nothing shocks me because I expect each part of the implementation scheme to work out according to some kind of schedule and some kind of system which it always does and years ago they talked about the changing face of war why did they know it was going to change because they were talking about a global society that would be here now 20, 30 years ago they were talking about it in think tanks and as you got into this global society, the structure of the world would change, the powers would change. You'd have um, recently emerging nations uh, that would have to be suppressed uh, or less guided into the global system. And they already had it designed then who they'd allow into the global system and who they would allow to go through the period of national liberation, as the communists call it. You see, there was no real difference between those who already ruled the West and those who ruled the Soviet system. And through the two of them, and through their conflict in the dialectic, they come the third way, they come to the, to the merging of the, the outcome, the resolution, the synthesis. And that's what they were always after. How do you get the world to go from here with the, this kind of morality, this kind of cultural structure, and so on, to there? How do you do it? So you, you, you get up all the minority groups, you fund them to the hilt, give them lots of publicity, and they demand to be heard, and they, ha they have the ears of governments. And then, of course, governments change laws and all the rest of it to suit them. Then the structure of society is suddenly changed, and then they go for the next phase and the next phase, and then the government literally is in charge of every facet of your life. Uh, they destroy the family unit in the process. That's one of the big intentions, because you must be on your own. And government, as H.G. Wells mentioned this back in the early 1900s, they won't be happy, we won't be happy, he said, till government can literally talk right down to you one-on-one. -on -one. And there's no one around you to stand up for you. There's no minor clan or family to step in between and give you support. That isolates you. It terrifies you when government comes down to you. And it's much easier for government, too, because they don't have to go through the niceties of placating family members or extended family members before they can get to you. It, that used to make them back off, you see, get bad publicity. Now it's straight down to the individual, and no one cares. No one cares. So that was all part of it. And so there's nothing new. And they talked about the emerging nations, as I said. And you can see why Chechnya, for instance, 
has been hammered. They're not, they're not being allowed. They're not getting allowed to have a, a country of their own, mainly because they're Muslims. And they don't, they don't want Muslims in that area having a power base. And don't kid yourself for a minute that they haven't had a war on Islam for all their PR, their public relations and public perception distortionists and experts to come out with, this is a war to destroy one of the biggest, strongest religions in the world. You can't have strong religions in a world where people follow a particular dictate outside of the governmental system. You can't have that if government is to be all-powerful, especially world government. And they wrote about that over a hundred years ago, too, in their own books. We're just living through a long-term script, as were your parents and your grandparents. They didn't know it either. Long-term script. And I'll tell you why you know it's a long-term script, apart from the fact their old books are still out there for collection and reading, if you care to wade through the dusty old books. You can't predict all this stuff and, and, and have global meetings where they want this and this and this, then have it all happen over a period of 50 to 100 years. By chance, doesn't happen by chance. It, it's done by human work. And foundations, as Quigley and others have explained, foundations can work in centuries because they're set up with a mandate and they hire and work and retire and hire and work and retire generations after generations, all working on the same agenda. They can work in centuries and pull it off. And that's exactly what they've been doing. The foundations are really the big part of what's called the parallel government. The CFR is part of the parallel governments. The Royal Institute for International Affairs, the parent body, is part of the parallel government. The one that Carl Quigley talked about. The one that Margaret Thatcher even referred to. She said... I belong to a parallel government now that I'm retired. She says, I know all the old politicians, all the heads of state, and we, who are all retired, form a parallel government. We can get things done and, and not be responsible to the public. For democracy to work, you see, uh, there's too much arguing goes on. It takes so long to get anything done. Whereas they can get their jobs done behind the scenes, carry it through, there's no uh, call back from the public, don't answer to them, and they have more power than elected politicians. They're really just there to throw tomatoes at. That's their job. So Carl Quigley, as I say, mentioned this parallel government that had been on the go, he said, and running the U.S. It had been running Britain for a long time, but it was running the U.S. in his day when he wrote his book Tragedy and Hope and the Anglo-American Establishment for 60 years and those books were printed in the 1960s they knew exactly where they were going with a global government and not just a global government where they'd share an American system to the world no, 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 no no. the, the US was to be used as basically the big engine to force the rest of the world into this new socialist system and then they'd force what was left of America into it as well at the end that's what we're living through right now. And they printed lots of books about this. It wasn't to be a great liberation of the world, 
where people for the first time would have some property of their own and maybe have a little farm of their own with very little government interference. No, no, no. It was to be a, a planned society for the entire planet because the boys at the top came out of the most elitist circles you could ever imagine. They believed in Darwinism. They believed that they were the, the, the offspring of people who were highly evolved, more evolved than all the peasants at the bottom. Eugenicists, all, all of them. And they planned also to, to bring ways to bring down the generations at home. That's why 85% of all males in the West are pretty well sterile. It's not by accident. They don't say, my goodness, here's the statistics for this year. The male is down by 85% of the sperm count of, of 1950. Oh dear, this is a crisis. They would say, oh dear, this was a crisis if it, was a, if it truly was uh, out of their hands. There's, there's no comment on it at all, except it's a good thing, actually. Uh, it's just nature working its way out so that we don't have too many people. Utter rubbish. We've been run by sciences. We've been run by Big Pharma for a hundred years, working closely with government departments that are not answerable to the public. And now we're going in for the big kill, of course, because not only when we're talking about uh, ways to modify food, to genetically modify it in the early days, they harped on about how they could alter it to produce drugs. And of course, it wasn't a new idea. Uh, where do you think opium comes from? And some of the most powerful drugs in the world, from plants, obviously. And under the guise of getting bigger crops and yielding greater crops, they could literally drug the population. One of the real purposes of GM or Grandmaster genetically modified foods. Discussed at high levels of the United Nations, in fact, back in the 60s. And also at the United Nations, they talked about ways to put something in there that would also sterilize the males in certain crops. I think rice was one of them. Rockefeller himself came up with this golden rice project to feed the world. Here's a man who talks up on YouTube in 94 about vastly reducing the world's population by every means possible, wanting to help feed the world. You know, any idiot who can watch these people talking, uh, going further than Hitler or Stalin ever went in public, and then think that at the same time they're out there as benefactors to the world, well, you need your head looked at. Because in fact, check first and see if you've got one. We have heard speeches in the past few years from these guys, actually many years with Rockefeller, they should curl the hair on our heads. Because these aren't just little nobodies making a, a speech in Hyde Park on, a, on, a, on a, a soapbox. These are guys who are involved in the CIA, and that came out in America's cultural cold wars. Everything happening in the CIA, the Rockefellers know what's going on. They funded part of it. When these guys speak, they, and they have their big, big uh, foundations, 
with multi-trillions of dollars at their disposal, with thousands of non-governmental organizations, which is just their land army. They can, they can pull this off. They can do what they want. And we hear them talking about drastically reducing the populations. And it doesn't penetrate. Because why? Well, we're taught we're so civilized. We're civilized now. Uh, nasty things happened in ancient times. We're, we're, we're suddenly become... Since World War II, we all became civilized. Just like that. A great leap forward in evolution or something must have happened because now we're civilized. No, no, no. These same characters and creeps like the Rockefellers are alive today. The same Rockefellers that had pushed for mandatory sterilization throughout the U.S. for years and got their way and many states followed suit and sterilized thousands of what they called the unfit. I'll be back with more after this break. Folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. You know, when President Wilson was put in there as little puppet man on behalf of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, and his handler was Mandel House. They also had uh, later on Bernard Baruch join them. Very powerful people, uh, because Mandel House, as I say, had the full backing of the British Empire, you might call it, this club that ran the British Empire, the Royal Institute for International Affairs. No one elects them. They're a private organization with a royal charter, very elitist, or all funded by private bankers, international lenders, though not just a little local bank, but international lenders. And they became the Royal Institute for International Affairs uh, with the CFR, the American branch. And they've run the U.S. ever since. You find when presidents get in trouble, just like Bill Clinton, he doesn't go in front of the public and apologize. He goes first to the Council on Foreign Relations. Check it out yourself. That's what, what he did. So, so they're, they're answerable to the CFR before they are to the public, the electorate. But we know it's all a farce, the elections now, but so what? I'm seeing what happened. But Baruch was very important because he used to talk to everybody in a park. He was so wary of being bugged. And this is before the tape recorder, as we know it, was even in vogue, that he'd meet people in parks, in park benches. He was called the park bench politician, although technically he wasn't in politics. He just told the politicians what to do. Baruch was a guy who got a lot of the big bankers in the U.S. to put money together to give massive loans to Japan, Back in the 19, early 1900s, that built up their army and their navy uh, and, time, and told them part of the agreement was to attack Russia, the Sino-Russian war. And the stress of that war caused so much that, that the communists were fomenting revolution because of the heavy taxations fighting this war. Then after that, they were told to go into China, which they did. And that's all came out in the Fugu plan, and that's in the congressional records. The, the Japanese kept records of all these, these loans and all the stipulations that had to go along with the loans. And Baruch was a top man living in the U.S. And that funded them all up right into World War II. And it's no coincidence that Carl Quigley said about this group, the Putin presidents, he said, he said that... Um, they were all powerful 
they always made sure, regardless of the party, that they put their own men at the top. So it didn't matter who you were voting for, which party, the party game nonsense, that you would get one of their boys. And therefore the same agenda would continue intergenerationally, which it did. But Baruch also said, he said, for everything you hear in government and politics and policies, there's always a good reason, meaning a plausible reason for the public. And he said, and then, of course, there's the real reason. That's the, that's the reason the public are never told about. And I've mentioned the GM food. It definitely has more functions than just feeding the people. If anything, our health is going backwards since it was introduced. And they know this at the top, and they will not make it a crisis as folk die off left, right, and center with cancers and become even more sterile. But it does make people very easily managed because of the various kind of chemical drugs in them. Exactly what you'd want when you're taking down the planet and taxing people into the dirt. You don't want them rebelling. No, we've never had such a great population across the world. Even the people in utter poverty have got masses of entertainment, free entertainment, cheap entertainment, and cheap gadgets to watch it all and play their games. And so much porn everywhere. Porn, porn everywhere. And sports. Another tactic, you see. Beautiful conception, isn't it, though? To give them all of this while you're, you're, you're taxing them into the dirt. And putting out agencies every week, new agencies that can control more facets of their life right into their home. They don't mind. It's like the Pied Piper and the children following them, happy as can be. All drugged or something. That's what they've created right now. Beautiful warfare strategy. But there's always the real reason, a plausible reason for the public, a good reason, but there's always a real reason. And this GM food nonsense is the same as a global warming nonsense. It's, it all covers for other things. Now, the Guardian newspaper in Britain is awfully politically correct. In fact, it, it, it talks on behalf of the Guardian class, basically. And uh, they're all for the global warming agenda, etc. But they're also a, a PR. Newspapers are private, remember. They get paid big bucks from big corporations for advertising. And a lot of their stuff is really nothing more than advertising and getting paid for it, obviously especially when it comes to GM food and stuff like that. And they've been pushing and pushing and pushing for that, never mind the lobbyists. The lobbyists pay as much money to the newspapers as they do to the politicians as a payoff to get what they want. This article is from January the 6th. Britain must launch GM food revolution, says chief scientist. Now, again, how they word it, it's all done in advance by ghostwriters, uh, in fact, I think we live in a virtual world. We should do away with, uh, with politicians since they always tell you what they're going to announce the next day and they read it verbatim. You can read it beforehand or, or stand and watch the goof actually read it on television. So we should get virtual politicians and virtual scientists. It'd be a lot cheaper. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, just reading an article from the Guardian newspaper, which is just a promo for the GM food industry and how the government, who are all in bed with Monsanto, etc., uh, want to plug their stuff to the public, all the stuff that kills you, sterilizes you, and makes you very pliable. It says here, Britain must embrace, embrace genetically modified crops and cutting-edge developments such as nanotechnology. Now, they're already putting nanotechnology in the foods. I've got articles going back to the, the, the Nanotechnology Food Association for quite the last few years. Quite interesting to see where they've been putting it already. To avoid catastrophic food shortages. Oh, it's another catastrophe. You see, so they're flogging everything now as crisis. And future climate change, the government's chief scientist will say today, will warn today, all ghost written probably by Monsanto for them. In the clearest public signal yet, the government wants a high-tech farming revolution. Professor John Beddington, he's one of the main ones, he's going to be an awful rich man if he's not already, will say UK scientists need to urgently develop a new and greener revolution to increase food production to a world changed by global warming and expected to have an extra 3 billion people to feed by 2040, even though the population is dropping like a stone. And he says, in a world changed by global warming. Here they go, global warming. This is out today, this newspaper, right? It's out today. Here's the mail online, right? This is, you're in doublethink. You're in la-la land, in, in schizoid land. We all are. The mail online, the 5th of January, 2010. Extreme weather warning as, as the Met Office forecasts 16 inches of snow across southern England tonight. It says fears Britons could run out of gas after a surge in demands to heat homes. Entire bus network suspended. Uh, the garbage men diverted to gritting duties. Truck drivers killed. Thousands caught up in tailbacks. Two people die in frozen lakes. Man, men are missing. Shoppers begin panic buying winter food and salt to clear paths. Thousands of people are told to stay home as snow shuts schools. Business leaders warn of economic impact as staff fail to turn up. It says, an extreme weather alert was issued for southern England today as snow and ice brought transport networks to an abrupt halt. Heavy snowfalls expected across southern areas of England. They have not seen snow so far during this cold spell as freezing conditions persist across the country. It's the coldest in 25 years, by the way. I'm just contrasting this with this hype, fear, heck, nonsense I read before it from The Guardian of the reasons for bringing GM food because of the global warming issues. So the heavy snow that's affecting Scotland and northern England is moving south, and the heaviest falls over the next 24 hours are expected across parts of central and southern England and southeast Wales. So brought the country to a standstill. A standstill. Amazing, eh? The global warming. What did I say a long time ago? I says, I don't care if you're up to your eyes in snow. I don't care if Jesus Christ comes down and tells us it's all a con. They'll carry on persisting with the nonsense because they can't turn back. They never turn back from their propaganda. They can't. You've got everything counting on this global warming scam to make you pay and pay and pay and change your whole way of living. Your whole way of living. And I mean that, your whole way of living. Ontario just passed a thing called Frugal Canadian Living. Frugal Canadian Living. A Canadian's Guide to Living a Frugal, Not Cheap Life. And it's got, it's got Ontario's eco-fee charge. They're going to put eco-fees on all products that you buy. This is, this is, this is actually from
on June the 7th, 2009. It's a private corporation, apparently, the government is, is in bed with, to pass another tax, which they've done, on everything that you purchase called an eco-fee. An eco-fee. Now, don't forget you've still to get your carbon fee on top of that yet for all the energy that goes into making that thing that you just bought. But stewardship, Ontario, they're the stewards of the planet because they care about you. And they love money more than anyone else on the planet. That's how you become a steward. I'll put all these links up on my site at the end of the show, remember? Yeah, stewardship, Ontario. What private bunch? Who gives even local governments or state governments or provincial governments a right to just pass these laws like that? They're going to whack us all for every penny we've got. What we've got left as we're getting taxed to the hilt for all their bank bailouts and everything else and their stinking high salaries. I'll put these links up for you to see for yourself. But what's here is coming across the whole of the Americas. See, we're all one now, you understand? We're, we're all one. I wouldn't call it one big happy family, but we're supposed to think we're one big happy family. And I mentioned, too, how they start with abortion. They always start with a minority group uh, funded to the hilt for the rights of somebody. And these ones at the top, the Soviet style, always did that. You know, pick some minority, pick lots of minorities, stand up for their rights. You don't give a darn about the rights. It was to change society you were really after. And then you would be order. You'd be in order over society once you've done it all. That was the tactic. It's worked. We have agencies now over every facet of life. And you dehumanize the human being in the process. That was part of it. How can we complain about Hitler? I'm only picking Hitler because that's the one most folk know about. Stalin was worse. They did the same thing in Mao Tong's China. Millions and millions were slaughtered to bring in these regimes. But Hitler couldn't have ever dreamed of all these chimneys and every major hospital popping off baby smoke every darn day. It's, a part of, it's, a, it's just a matter of course. It's, it's normal. It's normal to do it. So how can we be hypocrites and, and, and criticize Hitler? And put, put, this is normal fear. We're all paying for it. And that was just to dehumanize us, not to help some poor girl in distress. It was to dehumanize the whole society. And now they end up selling baby parts across the planet. They've got baby cells in cosmetic creams and different stuff like that. Money, money, big bucks. That's how you dehumanize life. And then you go to the other part. Remember, the, the United Nations has a definition, an official definition. I've read it on the air before of a perfect world citizen. A world citizen under the UN's decree is a good producer and consumer. It means you're in the workable age. You pay taxes, you consume. But you see, that means when you retire, you're only a consumer. You're bad. You're not a producer and consumer. So you've dehumanized the young, you see. And you can just kill as many off as you want, call it abortion. And you're going to see not only full-term abortion shortly, and I mean that, uh, I've read on it, you're going to see post-birth abortion, as they're going to call it. In fact, there's been a group pushing for the, up to two years old, pushing for that for a few years. I know who they are. I know all about them. 
very powerful group. But then they go for the elderly. Now they've all destroyed the family units, and sure enough, the government's taken over all the jobs that the family used to do. We don't take care of the elderly anymore. No, you throw them in an old folks' home where they can, they can get drugged with Halidol. They start to salivate, uh, excessive salivating. They last a few months, if they're lucky, uh, on the rotten food they have. They're all that packaged stuff. And uh, they die of inhalation pneumonia from breathing in, inhaling the excess drool that's created by the drugs. And the government, by the way, grabs their property to pay for it all. That's standard in Ontario and across Canada and all the British Commonwealth countries. They grab everything that you work for. They pay for it. Here's an article today to do with uh, something similar. How far they're going with dehumanization. And once more, it's from the flagship for the world, Global Society. It's the Guardian again. In Britain, the UK. Care homes. The care homes are forcibly, are forcing elderly to have feeding tubes fitted. If you want to get into a home, you've got to have a feeding tube fitted. It says, January the 6th, many homes will not take a patient until they have a feeding tube fitted for, for admission. Thousands of elderly people are being forced to have tubes fitted so they can be artificially fed if they want to be admitted to a care home. A major report warns today. We get lots of warnings. Nothing's ever done. There's no evidence that tube feeding prolongs life and it deprives patients of the pleasure and social contact involved in normal eating. No kidding. Oh, no, oh, they're bright at the top end. I can see that. It says eating and drinking. So it deprives them of normal eating and drinking. This is a Royal College of Physicians working group which recommends that artificial nutrition should only be used as a last resort. The report found that many care homes across the country are making it a condition, oh, it's our policy, you see, of residents that people often in advanced stages of dementia have a tube fitted into their abdomen. How would you like that? How would you like that? You work and pay taxes all your life, and they just want to put you on the cheap and get you out of the way as fast as possible. It says, this is an invasive procedure with a risk, so it should not be undertaken lightly. Well, believe you me, it's not going to be. Once it starts, it's, it, well, it's already started, it's not going to stop with this dementia. It's for anybody going in. I call them exit homes. That's where these places are, they're exit homes. Disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. It doesn't, doesn't tell you, too, how, how they know how dumbed down and degenerate we are now as a people. To even see this stuff printed in major media. Because you know something? Folk will turn on their TV and go goo ga 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 and forget all about it. Just like that. Sick. Sick, sick, sick. But that's the agenda. And if you don't care about things like this, believe you me, one day you will be stuck in there with a tube stuck in your abdomen as they dope you up. And leave you lying in your own feces and urine till you die. Now there's a Kevin in Ontario. Are you there, Kevin? Yes, I am, Alan. How's it going? Not so bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm down in North Bay, just down the road from where you are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everything that uh, we talk about, everything that's been done, all the, the you know, 
the pharmaceutical the pharmaceuticals that are out there, the mind control, the the propaganda, the the, the fake terrorism and everything. You know, it's all leading for one thing, and that's this one global government. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not bunch of conspiracies it's just one conspiracy and it's one for world government and they are using every trick these yep. global elite are using every trick at their disposal to uh to sell this world government to the people to get the people to beg for it absolutely you know? absolutely yeah. uh, they said i've read articles here from some of the elites themselves who said we shall use fear and terror uh, to make the people comply and demand that we come in and help them. That's exactly what they've been doing all along for ages now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Alex Jones, he talks about this scientific di- dictatorship, and they're using science too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they're using this HARP technology. Now, um, in the uh, forum on, uh, on a chat site called Paltalk, um, I'm one of the administrators of one of the rooms. They're called the, the Wake Up Project. And uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of stuff with the HARP system. I, I, I did uh, a lot of... Uh, Broadcasting of that, and Dr. Nick Begich has uh, his documentaries on that, and how that could be used also to get people to be complacent. Well, it is being used. It, it is being used because um, I did uh, articles a long time ago about that uh, with the harp technology, and went went back to even Brzezinski's own book, and he was the head of the NSA, and he said in the 1970s, in his, his own book, Between Two Ages, he said shortly techniques will be used on the public. He said. Uh, so in the technotronic era, he's talking about harp te- technologies, where whole continents could be bathed in, in waves, basically, that would make the public very compliant, very complacent. Yeah, and and not only that, but you also get into the pharmaceutical science also. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I actually, uh, at Canada College, I'm sure you know where that is. Yeah. Um, I'm a student of radio broadcasting, and we, we were in, psych- in uh, the psychology course, um, the we were. They started getting into pharmacology, and uh, I decided, you know, I'm going to I'm going to speak up on this here. And uh, I I told <clears throat> I told them, well, look at these pharmaceutical companies. I said uh, the one one pharmaceutical company bankrolled hundreds of billions of dollars just in 2008 alone. Mm-hmm. I, I I looked at them and I said, do you seriously think that these people that produce the vaccines, the same people that produce the cold medications, the same people that produce the antidepressants and the cancer medications, do you think that these companies really want you to get well? Do yeah. you think they really want you to, to, to prevent you to get from, from getting sick? And uh, one of them still called me paranoid and called, said I didn't know what I was talking about. And, uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I've had a couple of them, you know, they started nodding their heads. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, uh, and it's true. I mean, how can you have uh, – we don't realize that the whole medical establishment for the Americas and Western Europe was established by the Rockefeller Foundation, the yeah, format right. for medical training – their belief, their, their, their merger with the whole pharmacology industry was all from the Rockefellers, who are one of the biggest players in the foundations for running this world government and, and, and helping get the United Nations set up as it is. Uh, a very powerful family, trillions at their disposal, literally just through the foundations, tax-free foundations, um, to get all of this through. And here's the same guy who's got a share, that he's got a controlling interest in every major pharma industry across the planet. Do you think this man who tells us we've got to drastically reduce the population by billions wants to help you at the same time with his pills? Yeah. You see? You see? Yeah. I, I mean, this is documented stuff. Uh, who's running all of this stuff? 
And also, what's also documented with with the Rockefellers and their and their monopolization of the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. is they were also uh, J D Rockefeller was also the one that was instrumental in making uh, a lot of the natural medicines very potent natural medicines illegal yeah. in the early days of pharmacology. That's right. Uh, you remember uh, the t- uh, hemp oil, like the THC in hemp oil, ingestible or as a topical ointment, is mm-hmm. one of the most potent medicines out there. Yeah. And what happens? Uh, the THC is made illegal. Yes. But meanwhile, all the opium and opiate derivatives for painkillers in your terminal phases go through the Rockefeller's pharma companies. <laughs> and, yet, and yet opium, uh, what kind of medical benefit does it have other than make people stupid? Mm-hmm. You know, it does kill the pain, but it makes you dependent on, on that drug, and there, you do not get any, any dependence on the hemp seed oil. See, that's why, that's why, there's no, that's why mm-hmm. they can't use that, of course. Well, that, and apart from, no, the reason they don't want you to use it is anybody can grow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that too. And... Uh, it's a, and anybody can grow it, which means that that's not going to make the pharmaceutical company any money. It's not going to make the, doc, the, the medical industry any money either. Mm-hmm. So if people can cure themselves without ever having to see a doctor, without ever have, having to see a, go, to the, go to the pharmacy, well, boy, good Lord. So, so you got to understand, too, that trade violation. See, illness and medicine is to do with, with, with uh, uh, keeping people dependent. When you have people who are sick, you now have authority over the people. When you stand up there and say, we've got the antidote or, or we've got some kind of um, medicine, medicine that will alleviate the symptoms, you have power over the people. And medicine is a powerful institution, an authority now, remember, a health authority over the public. Back with more after this break. through the matrix and we'll go to Jeff from Massachusetts now is there Jeff uh, yes a powerful image I saw was was a 51 second YouTube video on, on the movie a scanner darkly where, where it's a fictional movie where Alex Jones was was doing what Alex Jones does which would speak on a bullhorn and this black man pulls up and three and three people dressed in black come out and one one of them tases Alex and takes him away that image is very powerful, though it's fiction. That image stuck in my mind. You could do a whole movie just in that image alone, and that's and that's the New World Order in a nutshell. It is actually, it is. You're right. Yeah. No trial, no jury, and and if I was to, to do that movie, a scared darkly, it would not be a black man. It would be a white man. We have a surgeon in the back of the van removing the body parts. And then you're, you're just like the, China, just like yeah. China. That's right. And, and, then, and, and then discarding the corpse, no trial, no jury, no body, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then, and then I would add that the, that the secret police would have a list of distance to pick up during the week and ship them away, and that's the New World Order, and that's where the elite, the communists, the neocons, where everybody wants to do, and they're, and they're just looking at the shops mm-hmm. for some kind of false flag attack to be able to do that with body scanners and totalitarianism. Yeah. And that's, and that's what this is all about. You're right. I mean, if you, just study the Soviet era, and that's exactly what they did. Even when they went into a new country to take it over, uh, when they were expanding the Soviet bloc, uh, traditionally, even from the beginning, the very beginning, they come into another country, they already had the records of every citizen of that country and their histories. 
their personal and family histories. They already had it. And they called all the main people or people with leadership abilities in the community one by one into a basement and they were all, each one was shot in the head. They knew who they were going for, and this time's way worse. They, they, they've got complete tabs on everybody that they want out of the way. And the time will come, you're quite correct here, uh, yes. that these guys will be unleashed on the general public and will just get snatched off the street, uh, whisked into uh, one of these. By the way, those vans where they do that in China, they whisk you off the street, they, they kill you in the van, execute in the van, and remove your organs. I noticed in a newspaper article, those vans are now up for sale by China. Wow. Remember, China is the model state for the world, according to the United Nations. And you know what? I'm not surprised with that, because, because you know what? I do security work for a living, and I also took up an EMT course, so I know a little bit about both worlds. And, and, and you know what? Um, in the security world, the, the, the computerized security will be so sophisticated that you won't be that you won't be able to go through the grid. Remember, in Nazi yeah. Germany, they identified every single Jewish inmate and non-Jewish inmate that came through the concentration camps. That's why you have the number of six million Jews that got killed in there because we provided the computers to the Nazis. It was IBM. The, it was IBM yeah. that did all that. Yeah. yeah they came so up we, with the numbering system and the tattoos and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, we we as uh, we in America provided that to the Nazis, and you know what? The computer systems today are ten times more sophisticated than the Nazis and the communists. Absolutely, and, uh, and we and we provided their technology for them. Oh so, yeah. So, so my yeah, friend, and, and where, where were any of these guys taken up and tried for crimes against humanity? These big corporations, none of them. Oh, of course, they're immune. Yeah. And, and thanks a lot for the call, and have a good one. Bye. Bye now. Well, that's it from Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada. So it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.